Can weakness ever be a good thing? Find out today on Bold Steps with Mark Job. You can live a lot of your life unhappy, discontent, losing your joy, or you can do like Paul. Paul says, I rejoice in these things that make me weak. And although this thorn hasn't disappeared, my strength is growing because my dependence on God is growing. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. And I'm Wayne Shepherd. Now, it's no secret that this world can be tough. And in many cultures, we tend to idolize the type of people who can make it on their own. The idea of being self-made and independent is well celebrated. But when we face the inevitable challenges and burdens of life, is the idea of self-reliance actually biblical? As a Christian, are you meant to simply pull yourself up by your own bootstraps? Or is there more to the story? Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job continues a countercultural message about the power we're meant to find in our moments of weakness. Let's join him. It's easy to think that you can do it on your own. The more weight that you feel when you actually feel the weight is when you realize, I need help from something more powerful than myself. I need God help. The Apostle Paul is telling us that God actually allowed this thorn in the flesh to to be able to help him combat the pride that was in his life. Number two, write this down. Not only does it keep us from becoming proud, but it means that God does not always answer our prayer. Embracing weakness means that God does not always answer our prayer for relief because he's working on our refinement. Notice what he says in verse 8. Three times, say three times. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Now some scholars believe that this expression of three times is a Hebrew uh, phrase Uh, The Hebrews would use the expression three times, meaning I did it a bunch of times. So some scholars believe that he's just using a phrase that means he pleaded with God many, many times. Um, Others believe it was just three times. But the the bottom line is that the Apostle Paul um, asked God on multiple occasions. This is the Apostle Paul that did miracles. This is the Apostle Paul that had revelations from God. This is the Apostle Paul that Jesus showed up to himself. This is the Apostle Paul that was revered all around. This is the Apostle Paul that laid hands on people and the eyes of the blind opened. This is the Apostle Paul that, that uh, uh, did these incredible miracles for other people. But now there's something that he's afflicted with, something that he's struggling with. And he calls unto God three times with desperation And God does not answer his prayer. God says, I'm going to let you have your thorn in the flesh because my grace is sufficient for you. Have you ever prayed for something earnestly, desiring that God would take it out of your life? A healing, 
a difficult situation and you feel like God didn't answer. You say, I was sincere. I was full of faith. And God didn't answer. Ever happened to anybody in this auditorium? Let me tell you something about that. God always answers our prayer. But God doesn't always answer the way we want him to answer. Sometimes it's yes. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's wait. Sometimes God doesn't answer our prayer because God knows that if he would answer our prayer, ultimately it would not be good for you. You say, oh, Lord, please get rid of this thing in my life. I could serve you better. I could follow you more. Lord, get rid of it. Take it out. Eliminate it. And it's bad when you're talking about your husband that way, but... <laughs> but it may be a physical illness or an ailment. And what you don't know is that God is saying, you know, no, I'm going to leave it in your life right now. Because it is the very tool that I'm using to shape and mold your character. You don't like it. It's tough. It's difficult. It causes you stress. It frustrates you. It makes you feel weak. It makes you feel sometimes boxed in. It makes you feel limited. But it's the exact thing that I'm leaving in your life because I'm using it to build your character. It causes you to come to me more. It causes you to pray more. It causes you to bow before me more. It causes you to break before me more. It causes you to call out to me more. It causes you to desperately seek me more. And I'm going to leave it in your life even though life would be easier without it. But I believe that ultimately this is good to create character in your life so I know you don't want it but as a father I'm going to leave it in your life for your good you know he says three times I pleaded but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you we really don't believe God's grace is sufficient until we know that we're insufficient. Notice what it tells us in James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Think about it for a second. If every time you prayed for a trial to go away and it went away, every time you prayed for a difficulty to go away and it went away, every time you prayed for a sickness to go away and it went away immediately, you would be praying all the time, take all the trials out of my life, all the difficulties, all the sickness, all the heartaches, all the difficulties, you would pray and if they immediately went away, you would be stuck in a perpetual state of immaturity. Because what causes maturity in your life is difficulty. You grow in direct proportion to the challenges that you face. 
If you don't face challenges, you don't grow. If there's no resistance, there's no growth. If there's no pressure, then you would not develop perseverance. And perseverance is necessary to develop character. So if God answered all your prayers to take the difficulties out of life, you would be in a state of perpetual immaturity because you would never have the ability to have to come before God in dependence and trust Him to help you under difficult circumstances. If someone told you that coming to Christ or coming to God would make your life easier, they probably lied. Nowhere in the gospel do I see, come to God, and life will be easier, more leisure, without any problems. In fact, when I hear the words of Jesus, Jesus says, come and follow me, take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. When I hear the words of Jesus, he says, the, he, he says this, the way that leads to life is narrow, and few people find it. The way that leads to destruction is wide, and many people are on it. Jesus never promised that following him would be easier. Jesus never said, in fact, he said, you want to follow me? Guess what? You may be persecuted. People may come against you. You have to deny yourself. You have to follow a way that's difficult to follow. God never promised that every trial would be eliminated. He never promised that life would be easier. But he did ultimately promise that if you want life and life to the fullest, you will have it in God. It's not the easiest life, but it's the life that ultimately has the greatest joy, greatest fulfillment, and peace with God the Father. Amen? And there's still more to hear from Mark Job in the final half of today's Bold Steps message coming up in just a moment. First, we want to lift up the faithful and generous listeners who make these programs possible. You are bold partners with us, and I want to assure you folks, you're really making an impact. In fact, I'm going to share a letter, Mark, that we received from one of our listeners named Stephanie, and I'd like to share this with everyone who's listening today. Pastor Job's messages are vital to me now. God is using them for me in my period of transition in life now dealing with a chronic, as of yet unresolved, health disorder. God is showing me how to respond and think about it and get through it. By Pastor Job's direction, he's getting it straight from the Lord for me. These are one of my lifesavers right now. Can't thank you enough, Pastor Job, for your obedience and responsiveness to the Holy Spirit, for God has been using you for this wilderness experience of mine for the last three years. Mm. That's something. That is something. Stephanie, I want to say thank you for your word of encouragement. And thank you for persevering. In fact, I want to stop right now and pray for you, Stephanie. Father, we pray with Stephanie. She's been calling out to you because of her health uh, issue, this disorder that just weighs her down. God, we don't know what it is, but we know that you are supreme and powerful. So we ask in Jesus' name that you would sustain Stephanie, give her the grace, the power, And Lord, if it's your will, we actually pray for her healing, Father. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And again, let me point out that the ministry that is being used in Stephanie's life through Bold Steps is made possible by people like you who give. So I challenge you to become a bold partner today. Start contributing on a monthly basis. Give a gift of any amount. But when you do give $30 or more, you'll receive 50% off the purchase of anything at the moodypublishers.org website, plus a signed copy of Mark's book, Unstuck, Out of Your Cave and Into Your Call. So 
prayerfully consider that today and consider the impact you can have by becoming a bold partner at boldstepsradio.org. Now, let's continue with today's message. Once again, here's Mark. Number three, write this down. Embracing our weakness is the catalyst to unleashing spiritual power in our lives. The Bible says, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest in me. He uses the word perfected or made perfect. The Greek word there is teleo. Teleo. In John chapter 19, verse 30, Jesus was on the cross. And while he was on the cross, he received some vinegar, and then he shouted something out to Telestai. Our English Bibles translate it as, it is finished, paid in full, complete. It's from the word teleo, the same Greek word that's used here. Listen. Thank you. It's from the same Greek word, teleo. Teleo means paid in full, completely accomplished, 100% done. Let me just say this. Thank God that when he died on the cross, it was paid in full. The sins of all humanity, the sins from Adam and Eve all the way to the sins today, the sins in Africa, China, India, Nepal, Indonesia, Chicago, Southside, 51st and Keeler. Every single person on the face of this earth, 7 billion people paid in full, 100%. No one left out, no one on the edges, everyone paid in full that's willing to receive it. Listen, paid in full, 100%. You try to do anything to pay for your sin, and you are minimizing, spitting on what Jesus did already. He paid it in full, all the way, completely, to telestai, teleo. The Apostle Paul says, he says, listen, for my power is made teleo in weakness. My power is made complete, full, 100% finished, paid in weakness. In others, here's what the Apostle Paul is saying. The Apostle Paul is saying is that the power of God is completely given to us in our weakness. The only way for you to have the complete power of God is when you are absolutely aware and embracing the weaknesses that you have and in humility admitting How desperately you need God. A heart that's proud has a hard time admitting how much it needs something. If you're proud in your marriage, you'll seldom ask for forgiveness. You'll have a hard time saying, I was wrong, forgive me. That's pride. If you're proud in your marriage and your marriage is struggling, you'll have a hard time going to marriage counseling Because you'll have to admit that you can't solve it by yourself and you need someone else to help you out. That's pride. If you're proud in your marriage, you'll have a hard time telling the person beside you how much you need them 
because you don't want to admit that you have a need for them to love you or to be a part of your life. That's pride. What pride does is that pride keeps us from admitting our weakness, admitting our need, admitting our dependence, because pride tells us you are complete and self-sustained. Pride in the believer's life causes you not to pray, causes you not to worship, causes you not to tell people around you how much you need them, causes you not to admit to others around you that you need them to pray for you, that you need fellowship, that you need encouragement, that you need God, that you need His presence, because pride tells you you can handle it on your own, you don't need anybody else. It leads you to a spirit of independence rather than interdependence. And most people that struggle with pride, ultimately, the Bible says, pride comes before the fall. The Apostle Paul is saying that the power of God is made perfect in his weakness. And he says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest in me. Number four, and lastly, embracing our weakness means We don't lose our joy in the midst of our challenge. Paul says in verse 10, that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulty, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Here's what I want you to know. Some of us have trials in our life, thorns in our life, And you can spend a lot of time bemoaning, complaining, frustrated, critical, unhappy, waiting for that thorn to be taken out of your life. The Apostle Paul says, I actually delight in the difficulties that make me weak because it's the weakness that actually causes me to tap into the power of God. So rather than lose my joy rather than lose my uh, perspective, rather than live frustrated. Right now, some of you, I believe, are living frustrated because you have a thorn in your life. It could be whatever thorn it is. It's a thorn in your life, and you feel like, why hasn't God taken this thorn away from me? It may be your singleness, and you feel like it's a thorn in your life. Why hasn't God provided a husband or a wife for me at this time in my life? It may be a physical illness. Why am I struggling with this physical illness that makes me weak and not be able to participate in things like everybody else participates in? It may be a learning disability. Why do I have dyslexia? I feel dumb when people ask me to read in public. In, in, in public and I feel like I can't do what I need to do because of this. I don't know what it is, but whatever your thorn in the flesh is, you can live a lot of your life unhappy, discontent, critical, bemoaning, losing your joy, or you can do like Paul. Paul says, I rejoice in these things that make me weak because they're engineered to make me weak, but really they're making me stronger because I find myself depending on God, and God through His grace is pouring power upon power in my life, and although this thorn hasn't disappeared, my strength is growing because my dependence on God is growing. I love these verses, and Paul is reminding them 
This is not a church where everybody has it all together. This is not a church of the powerful, the influential. It's not a church that God says that we can say, hey, God, good thing you have me on your team, huh? It's all the opposite. Listen to what he says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 25 through 31, he says, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. And God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify those things that are so that no one could boast before him. What God is saying, he's saying, I chose the most unlikely people to show my power. Sometimes we think, oh, if that person could get saved, they're so smart, they're so talented, they're so, they would really do a lot. God, God doesn't need all the smart, talented, highest, most influential. God needs you and me. Because he takes that which people would say, uh, I don't think they could, much could happen through them. And God says, you watch, watch. I will confound the wise through what I can do through the people that are fully committed to me. And when it's all said and done, no one can say, oh, they get the glory. When it's all said and done, we have to say that was all God. Glory be to God. And you know, that message speaks right to my heart. That God would take the weak, the foolish, the despised, the unknown, and when it's committed to him, take it and do something extraordinary. God has always done that <laughs> down through history. Amen. And so you may be feeling right now that uh, you're at a place of vulnerability. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a financial issue. Maybe you're getting older and feel more and more vulnerable. Maybe you're really young and feel like there's so much that I don't know. I want to remind you that God is not afraid of your weaknesses. In fact, sometimes our weaknesses are greatest power because when God uses us, we can't but point to him and say, that's all God. So I want to pray for you right now. Father, I pray for that person that is feeling extremely vulnerable and weak at this time. God, I pray that you would remind them that your power is made perfect in our weakness, uh, just like Paul said. And we glory in our weaknesses. We embrace our weaknesses. We don't hide them. We don't cover them up. We don't despise them, but we embrace them, Father, so that you, yes, you may receive all the glory. And when all is said and done, God, that we boast in you and nothing else. So we ask Jesus right now that you would strengthen and power and give perspective to the person that's feeling weak. Use them for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
Amen. Thank you, Mark. And thank you for this message, The Power of Our Weakness. You're listening to Bold Steps, and right now we want to encourage you to visit our online hub and check out the special opportunities and resources we have available. Just go to boldstepsradio.org. One resource we'd like to highlight in particular is our Bold Step gift. It's a book that offers some practical insights on the kingdom of God. Now, God's kingdom isn't just about theology or church attendance. It isn't just about a religious idea or an obscure concept. God's kingdom is about a new world and seeing your place in it. And in the book titled The Kingdom Agenda, you'll discover more about this coming kingdom and how to better serve God's heavenly agenda right where you are. Dr. Tony Evans lays out the biblical concept of God's kingdom in relatable and easy-to-understand terms, equipping us with the spiritual perspective we need to see beyond our local politics and focus instead on the greater agenda of God. So if you're ready to start serving God's kingdom in your local community, let us equip you with this refining tool of truth and encouragement. We'll send you a copy of this Bold Step gift when you give a donation of any amount to support this ministry. Just visit us online at boldstepsradio.org or call us at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. Or send your financial gift in the mail by writing to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Well, I'm Wayne Shepard, and that brings us to the end of today's program. But next time, we begin a new series in the book of Daniel called Allegiance, Kingdom Living in a Foreign Land. Mark will be kicking it off with a message about resisting temptation titled The Power of Resolve. It's coming up Thursday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.